there still remains a small portion of the population who who don't have access to an insurance plan, for example. And so, you know, Enlo does have a financial assistance program and a self-paid discounting program, because one of the things that we recognize as an organization is, you know, self-paid patients should have access to a discount similar to how an insured plan was. Life is complicated, but getting healthy doesn't need to be. And hello, thanks for joining us. Welcome to Inlo Medical Center's Health Matters. This is a monthly podcast that gets real about wellness, and we get to check in on ourselves. I'm Susie Lowry Hall, and I'll be your host. We're going to have some candid conversations on health topics that matter most to you and our loved ones and our family. And the goal is to empower, inspire, and make a difference. We're going to be joined with Inlo experts with real insight and real stories from people just like you and me. And we're going to learn easy steps that we can take to start down the road to wellness. All right. Okay. So we're back with Lisa Stark again here in the studio to do part two of our two-part series on understanding your benefits. So last time we connected, Lisa, we were discussing understanding the terms of our benefits so that we could choose the right benefit package for ourselves. And we also looked at how those benefits translated into the care we would actually receive when we needed them. So in this second part, what we'd like to first start off with is basically go doing a high level healthcare reimbursement 101. So we're going to leave it there and have you start walking us through what that might look like. Yeah, no, I I love this conversation. (laughs) This might be, you know, the twisted side of me, but I do love this conversation because it, it really is so complicated, but makes sense once you're in it, but it's not something when you're outside of the industry that really makes any sense. Healthcare in general is one of the only industries where you don't actually get paid the price tag that shows up on this this bill that we send, right? And and it's so confusing to people and I and I I understand that. And I want to help today maybe explain a little bit of it in a way that will make it real for people. So in just as we talked last time, when you, the member, have a contract for your benefits with your insurance plan, every provider, every facility, we all have contracts with the plan as well. And and the nature of those contracts detail what they will pay for certain things. But in this industry, we as organizations have to charge everybody the same, right? Which is fair, which is equitable, which makes sense. But where that gets confusing for patients is when, why do you put this number on the bill if my insurance is only going to pay this much? And the short answer to that is because every insurance has a different contracted rate to us for that thing. So in order for us to charge everybody the same, but still accommodate varying levels of reimbursement, depending on whether that's a very, you know, whether that's a very common insurance in our area or not, the volumes that come, things like that, we have to charge this flat rate, but then things happen, they call them contractual adjustments that take that amount and then take it down to a quote, allowed amount. 
that is actually what your insurance is working with. So when you get your explanation of benefits, you'll see this column that says like total charges. And then you'll see this column that says allowed amount. And in essence, this is basically the contracted rate that your insurance has negotiated with that provider or that facility for the service that you had. And what gets confusing for patients is, well, what happens in that in-between? Well, that's, that's a contractual adjustment. It's a, it's a write-off for, for that facility, right? Because we've agreed to that. But what's really important for people to understand from a benefits perspective is your benefits are calculated off the allowed amount. They don't actually necessarily translate back to this total charges that people see the sticker shock and go, oh, my gosh, that's what that's what everybody got paid. And that's not actually how it works. Mm -hmm. But I think from a really practical thing, what is important for members and patients to understand is that your allowed amount is that amount that then starts calculating, Okay, your deductible goes towards the allowed amount. Your coinsurance is calculated off the allowed amount. And that's really, I think. One of the myths that I would just like to kind of dispel is that the, the total price tag is, is not actually what hospitals get paid. Can you give us an example? I know that you just said everything in terms and in yeah. process, but yeah. OK. Yeah. So, for example, so when. How about if you have a baby? Yeah. OK. So if you. Something kind of joyful. Yeah, exactly. That is not free. Yeah, exactly. So so you are going to have a baby. Congratulations. You've gone through your open enrollment. You've chosen your package. You, you kind of knew it was coming a little bit, right? You did planning. So how insurances handle this, right, is, is up front. They have this conversation with obstetricians. They have this conversation with hospitals like Enlo, who are going to be the delivering facilities. And they say, you know, we're going to look at like what the cost is for that. And we're going to look at the geographic area and the volume and all of these things. But they're basically going to go, hey, we're going to pay you $5,000. That's not actually what it is, folks, but we're just going to go with $5,000. I like nice round numbers. Yes. Right. Nice round numbers. We're going to pay you $5,000. But because the facility is charging everybody the same, because that's that's what we have to, right? So we have a price that's set for services. Those charges get posted and say it's $10,000 is the total charges. So that bill goes to the insurance company and your insurance company says, okay, $10,000. We get that you have to do it this way, but we agreed to five. So then there's this this write-off amount that happens of $5,000 right off the top. So now we're working off of $5,000 with this insurance company. And then we're going to say, you signed up for a deductible plan of $2,000. Your $2,000 are going to go against that $5,000 right out of the gate. And then your insurance is going to pay the $3,000. But they're going to take that $3,000 and they're going to go, okay, what is your percentage? Are you in network? Great. That's an 80-20 plan. I'm going to pay 80% of the $3,000 and you patient are going to be responsible for 20% of the $3,000. So just in broad scope, how that works, that's in essence how that breakdown happens. Interesting. That's really good. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad it was helpful. <laughs> it was. So the allowed amount, so really it's not so much about what the the organization, right, the facility. So the facility has this number, like you mentioned, we might say to have a baby, it's, again, just so you guys know, disclaimer, this isn't the real number. I'm, we're just playing with round numbers right now. It's 10000 but my insurance, let's say, says, well, we think it should cost 5000 and your hospital has agreed to that because I was in network. Yep. So then all the things that were related to my benefits plan are now working around that allowed cost. Yes. Not what the hospital, or in this case, the hospital is trying to create a 
balance that matches up with the variety of insurances. Yeah. Did I say that right? You did. So okay. here's a really easy example. So your your insurance A contracted for $5,000 for that service, but insurance B might have contracted for $5,500. If I was charging only $5,000, the other insurance we would be short. So they would we would lose money on the other insurance because they had negotiated 5500. So you see mm. that's that's a a really round number why of why there's a flat rate that we charge and then each of the insurance contractuals then are applied to that. Gotcha. I think the other thing that'd be interesting to bring in this conversation is hospitals and physicians. I think that it's related, even though it's a little bit of an outlier as we're discussing this relationship between our healthcare system, our insurance and ourselves. But I do think that that's an interesting thing to kind of pop in there that when we look at our physicians, if you want to speak to that really quick. Yeah, absolutely. So it is very interesting, especially here in California. In many states, physicians can be employed by hospitals. In California, that's not true. So in California, all physicians that work with a facility are independent contractors of that facility. So they still remain independent of the organization. We just have a business relationship in the sense that perhaps Enlo does, they work inside of an Enlo clinic and Enlo does the billing for that. So that would be a really great example of our specialty clinics in this area. Those we basically, Enlo owns the clinic, but the providers are contracted to provide a service there. Mm -hmm. And so that is really important because they still remain, you know, independent physicians. And the other, the other thing I think with that is when you get into facilities is what we kind of call a hospital, but you'll, you'll hear us refer to some of our specialty practices as facility based practices. And that simply just means that we Enlo are the, the overseeing entity of that practice from a, a structural standpoint, but the physicians obviously are the ones who are practicing care within it. So let's do another example. So another example, when we talk about the multitude of benefits packages that that you as an individual patient could have signed up for. There, there are certain services that I would call really specialty type services like bariatrics or spinal, you know, hip replacements, orthopedic type things that are very specialized type services. And a lot of plans they actually have within their benefit package. So this is going to be one of those things that's in the, the big packet of information we discussed last time, but they will actually have certain requirements where the service is covered and there might be in-network facilities that do it, but you you as a member need to have it done at a particular type of facility. So, for example, insurance A is a contracted insurance with the facility and the facility provides bariatric services, for example. Most people in the discussions that we were just talking about would say, oh, OK, they're in-network and they're contracted and it's a covered service. So I can schedule with this facility. This is where when you have very specific like surgical things that are coming up, it's always great to talk to your insurance because for example, insurance B could say, okay, that's great. Bariatrics is covered and this is an in-network facility, but you have to have this particular service done at this type of a facility and this facility does not qualify. So they're in-network for all other things, but they need to have this service done over here. So I know that's very ambiguous, but giving, but not giving insurance names or things like that, mm -hmm. I really just want to point out the multitude of 
things where I just, the moral of this story is if you're having something really specific done, or if you just don't know, or if you've got something come up, call and ask. Mm. whether it's the, whether it's your insurance or us, like always be prepared because there's so many caveats to these plans nowadays that it's impossible for you to have memorized everything through open enrollment. So never hesitate to ask. It's always better to ask. And we're always, we're happy to answer that question for you so that it doesn't become a bigger problem for you down the road. Exactly. And it sounds like if either way, if it does become a problem, you're going to call and ask anyways. And so this way you don't have to fit the bill. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So might as well seek before. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. One of the things that I, that I do want to do, cause I think a lot of this can be a very downer conversation about like how much it's going to cost and healthcare is so complicated and things like that. And so what I do want to share is just maybe some of the things that Enlo's doing to try and kind of really help keep healthcare accessible to people affordable for people and to try and take some of this <laughs> confusion and chaos out of something that is, is not always easy to understand. I would even add a little bit of fear. Yeah. A hundred percent. None of the things that you want to be dealing with when you're dealing with, with recovery of some sort of condition or, or something of the, that nature. So one of the things that Enlo does is I know we're talking about insurance a lot and benefits, but there there still remains a small portion of the population who who don't have access to an insurance plan, for example. And so, you know, Enlo does have a financial assistance program and a self-paid discounting program, because one of the things that we recognize as an organization is, you know, self-paid patients should have access to a discount similar to how an insured plan was. So we do offer self-pay discounts on services that we automatically take off the top. And you'll see that on your bill. We also have financial assistance programs that you can apply for, for things that are catastrophic. So like when you do have those unexpected things come up, that is an option. You know, we do offer, you know, extended payment plans, things like that. We have have short-term no interest payment plans. Another thing just to kind of, those are financial things that we do. But another thing that I think is equally important is the, the information share and the maybe just education that we can provide. So we do have a financial counseling department that if you do have something coming up, you know, great, call us, ask us questions. We're able to provide estimates for you so that you can make plans for that. We, we know we have the ability to help you enroll for programs that maybe can help pick up the balances of certain things, depending on what you have going on. We just, we also have, you know, an authorization department that that we work really hard to make sure all of your services are authorized prior to you coming, who, who do reach out to patients. You know, there are times we've had we've had this happen where, you know, a patient perhaps didn't know their plan to that specificity. A physician ordered something that needed to be done and it went scheduled and they they kind of just went, oh, well, okay, it it must be good. Right. And they didn't know to ask. And that service was scheduled in the next couple of days. And there was no way we were going to get the insurance company to authorize it that quickly. And they actually have said "We're, we're not going to authorize it. And so we've had to make some last minute calls, you know sometimes a day before services are provided and we never want to do that. Mm. So the more you can ask that question up front, the better, but it, it has happened. And so we try to make sure that we're really on top of that, but any information that you yourself as a member and a patient can have to ask that question before it gets to that point, we would much rather have that conversation with you because nobody, nobody likes to be called a short time before their procedure. You know, that's, that's not fun, but we do that also as, as a courtesy, just to kind of make sure two patients are aware of what's happening because again, their insurance is sending them comments and notes and letters and things on this. But if you don't know what you're reading, then that can be very disconcerting. What I hear you saying is that 
the insurance isn't going to authorize it. And so in this case, Inlo isn't going to schedule you because we want to make sure that this person isn't coming in unaware of how it is or isn't going to be covered. But I'm also walking myself through, I guess I wondered if people blame me for that. I can just imagine when people get a call that says, we're not going to be able to take your appointment has been authorized. I'm sure that that can be misunderstood because what I hear you saying is it's not that Inlo hasn't authorized it. It's that your insurance hasn't authorized it. And so where does that leave the patient and where does that leave their health? A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's exactly what's And happening. so should they call their insurance then and put pressure on them? Like that something that we could do? Yeah. So that's where I was going. Yep, yeah. 100%. You know, we have had it where we've actually had to reach out to a patient, you know, just a day before a procedure is happening and say, Hey, you know, this hasn't been authorized by your insurance yet. And so a lot of times what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, there's a couple of options here. We can proceed, but you could be financially liable for this. If it's a small cost, you may be willing to do that as a patient. If it's a large cost type service, you may not be able to do that. And then depending on, you know, the reason for the denial, sometimes we may ask the patient to partner with us and say, you know, hey, could you give your insurance a call? They respond much better to a member calling for services than an, than an in facility. And but then the, the crux of it really is it's a it's a call to inform the patient of the status. It's it's a way of keeping the patient informed of what's going on and giving them the status of what's happening. Because the worst thing I think from a patient's perspective is not being told, right? We can deal with things that might be difficult. I've got to make a decision about it, but, but being completely in the, in the lack of knowing that's the worst thing. So those calls are really, you're correct. It's not coming from low denial, but we're, we're translating that and trying to give you some options on, on the next steps. And sometimes it results in just maybe postponing it a day or two. And then there's some things that, you know, are, are urgent and can't be. And so then we'll do an urgent request, you know, and things like that with the insurance. But I think the moral of that story is we don't ever delay care that is urgent and medically necessary, but we try to weigh that with also those things that are more scheduled and routine that we keep the patient informed of what's going on so that they can help be a partner in that. That's good. Thank you. And one last thing I wanted to add about the things that Enlo is doing to kind of, you know, kind of help keep healthcare accessible is when we have certain diagnostic, like ancillary type things. And when I say that, I mean like diagnostic radiology or lab or things like that. You know, we've gotten a little bit more robust in our offerings for those outpatient services. And we recognize that those services are pretty costly when performed inside the hospital because of the turnaround times and requirements and things that we have to do to accommodate that within the main hospital. We're, we're much more in an outpatient space when you talk about like our fountain lab building, or we just opened a lab over on Rayleigh Boulevard. And then, you know, we have our advanced imaging areas. And so we've done a lot of work around pricing in those outpatient areas to really keep our price competitive with those, you know, those services that are outpatient that are not provided by a hospital, because we recognize that that is not a hospital functioning when you walk into those areas. And so we've done a lot of pricing restructuring in those. So if you have not been to those and, and you'd like to check them out, we would, we would welcome you with open arms. Well, that was really helpful. I, I think that that is, I don't know if I would still pass the class, but I might, <laughs> my 101, I don't know, but it's very helpful to understand. Like you said, there's the price tag versus the allowed versus what the hospitals have to offer the contractual agreements, understanding our financial liability and then knowing that there's support 
you know, because I think something you and I had talked about offline was don't let your health care stress you out or prevent you from getting the care that you need. And knowing that there's programs out there that can support that is so nice. And then, like you mentioned, our outpatient diagnostics, again, is another effort to help people be able to access the care that they need without it being as, you know, costly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just in, just in wrap up, what I, I guess I really want to say is that the amazing thing about Enlo and having been here now for 10 years, the, the amazing thing about Enlo is they really do put the patient first. So like these, this information is really good to help patients be a partner in this with us, but we really do try to offer and really, you know, we always put the care at the forefront, but we really try to keep the patient engaged during that process so that they kind of know where things are going. And and that's true of the clinical side as well as the financial side. This was all really great information. So if someone is having a problem or having an issue, what do you recommend that they do? Well, just always the reminder, if you can give your insurance company a call and ask the question sooner rather than later, you're you're just way ahead of the game. But if that is not, you know, working out, if you're not getting the answers that you need, by all means, reach out to the provider, reach out to the facility. So for Enlo specifically, you can reach us. We have an email that you can reach us at in the patient financial services department. It's billinghelpline at enlo.org. And you're welcome to email that any time of day. We have staff that works Monday through Friday, eight to five, that will work to get back, get back to you on that. We also have a staff of financial counselors, as well as, you know, insurance insurance verification staff. You can reach us in the business office at 530-332-6300. And the email again was billinghelpline at enlo.org. Correct. 530-332-6300. That's it. Nice. And we're there with bells on. (laughs) I believe that. I do believe that. All right. Well, thank you again so much for sitting here and explaining all of this for us at this critical time as we are all embarking in our enrollment Really appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thanks everyone again for joining us. And thanks again to Lisa for sharing her expertise with us. I'm sure it'll help many families. I know it did for us. Tell us what matters to you. Shoot us an email at health.matters at inlo.org. Let us know your thoughts about our podcast and what you want us to explore. Love to hear from you. Take care. If you like what you heard today, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and share. The story you share just may save a life. Thanks again for getting real with us today and listening to Health Matters.